Welcome to the Walk Podcast of the Thompson Institute, a podcast for students and faculty on your walk across campus as a resource for your spiritual journey. I'm Aaron Badenhop. And I'm Jordan Browning. And we are your hosts and fellow Buckeyes. In the last portion of our interview, we asked Dr. Gansel how he would respond to the person who believes with Christopher Hitchens that religion poisons everything. And we asked what he might say to the person that is struggling to believe in God. I think even some, I remember in the book, I might butcher this, but even as an example of, of this, you kind of show that even like a car, for instance, that when a car is quote unquote good, we wouldn't put a moral sort of quality on, on a car per se. But in this example, like when a car is running as it should, it's or being good, it's not that that car is doing exceptionally beyond what we might accept, expect, but it's when I push the accelerator, it's going fast. When I'm pushing the brake it's but then when it's poor it's or when it's bad quote unquote when this car is not running well it's because it is not doing as it was intended as it was created to do exactly Uh, i found that to be helpful well and and we don't notice it when our cars run well sure because we have this expectation that things should be the way they should be Hmm. and and um and of course most students have experienced lots of really bad cars so True. so and True. so I I tell stories about my Volkswagen van that the starter didn't work and you'd have to pop the clutch to get the thing going <laughs> and 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 when it works you didn't notice but when it didn't you said okay something's wrong and I and I I just think that's an analogy or a metaphor to sure. say we we expect things to be good um, we expect reality in some sense to function as it should be now is that shaped by my american cultural assumptions it might be it might hmm. be something that's much more of a american or a, or a western, kind of western assumption yeah. about reality hmm. um and fair enough but for most people in our culture that there's that kind of assumption we only notice when things or we tend to notice more it's more blatant when things aren't the way they ought to be and that helps us justify this hunch that goodness is primary and evil is an intuition or a, or a uh, distortion. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you spoke about this earlier when you were talking about what you observed in our culture where you said something along the lines of you think that um, there are people who uh, think that it would be good if Christianity were not true. Um, and uh, you engage with Christopher Hitchens in your book, Our Deepest Desires, a little bit, and he wrote a book called God is Not Great, How Religion Poisons Everything. And uh, as I talk with students on our campus, I think there's an increasing number of students who look at religion that way. Um, And You know, I even think about, there are probably students on our campus who care about the topic of freedom you know we're having this big event on the topic of freedom but uh, we know of students who just because you happen to be coming from a christian worldview uh, don't want to engage in the topic of freedom because they don't even want to consider 
whether or not Christianity might have something to say on the topic. <laughs> uh, and so um, I'm curious what you would say to the the person that is sort of adopting this way of thinking about faith that it poisons everything, that we would just be yeah. better off without religion. Well, it, a couple of things. First, Hitchens' subtitle is an example of what we were just talking about. Religion is evil because it corrupts something that's good, right? So he has the same concept of good and evil that we've been talking yeah. about. Um, I think I think a lot of people have this hunch that religion is generally bad for the world and bad for people. And the hunch is, is they, it, they're good reasons they have the hunch. Or, or it's understandable that they that hmm. they have this hunch, and I I think it's because the failures of um, Christianity and other religions are are widely discussed, and there are plenty of failures of people who are Christians. Um, I think what isn't discussed is the contribution. Sure, things like literacy. Things like human rights and and uh, the whole concept of universal human rights is grounded in, or historically was grounded mm-hmm. in the notion that people are created by God. Therefore, the rights are not distributed based on any other um, contingent factor or something like that. Um, so I think I think we have to be very understanding of of how people got to this view the an average student doesn't encounter an opposing view on this right because the average student isn't seeking these things out the average student's busy she's trying to do her homework she's trying to navigate her life um so i I, we have to have a kind of a great deal of care and compassion Mm -hmm. And then there are a lot of people who've been personally hurt by religious things, sure. and we have to be careful of, about um, that. Mm-hmm. So it means we're in a complex situation in, yep. in our culture. I think one of the most helpful things for Christian believers to do is to think really hard about the implications of the Christian story for the total humanity of the people we're trying to be friends with. Because a lot of times we have a a narrower picture of what the Christian message is. Mm-hmm. Because we want to concentrate on the core, Jesus died for our sins, and so that core becomes the whole message. Yeah, And we, we might offer and say, look, Human beings need forgiveness. Well, most students don't think they need forgiveness. If anyone mm-hmm. needs to be forgiven, it's God. And mm-hmm. and so we're, we're offering a Christian story as a solution to a problem people don't yeah. even think about. Um, now, that's an overgeneralization. There are some people who recognize need for forgiveness. But the Christian story is so much broader. What God has done for us in Christ has implications for so many other areas like we are brought from death to life when if you read through the gospel of john the the most dominant metaphor jesus uses about who he is is life Mm -hmm. 
And it's not just biological life as opposed to death. It is full life. It's life as we were meant to live it. And that's appealing. And so there's a sense in which we we want to highlight those elements of the Christian story that connect with the things that seem most relevant to um, our average student. Now, what we're not doing is trying to make Christianity relevant. What we're doing is we're exploring and finding its intrinsic relevance. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I think the more we think about that, the better able we are to tell an alternative narrative. Mm-hmm. One of the challenges of, of Christianity in secular culture is we've really let other people tell our story, mm-hmm. and we need to tell our own story. Hmm. Yeah, it's great. Maybe along those lines, um, what might you say to the student who is listening, skeptical about the Christian faith or just completely against it, um, yeah, what might you say to that student to, to say, like, okay, you know, um, yeah, would you consider this? Or or what sort of advice would you give them as they sort of continue along in their own journey as the, uh, exploring faith? Yeah, that's, that's a broad question. And, mm-hmm. and it's always more helpful if I'm thinking about a particular student, because each student has his own... Um, network of ideas and desires and uh, even um, resistances to Christianity, um, I think a couple of general things can be said. And one is, is if, if we can step out of our debating mode, then we can ask questions like, well, suppose Christianity was true what would that mean for me as a person? Questions like this can, can, can help kind of entertain the, the resources the Christian story has for our humanity without having to commit yourself to being a Christian before you can think about these things. Um, uh, but another unrelated path, you know, what advice do you give students? I, th- I think... If I would love to see students think about their lives in the categories of virtue. And I think this will help them have better lives. Hmm. The question, I say this in the book, but the question, what sort of person should I be, is the question we ought to lie awake at night and worry about. Hmm. And the more students are thinking about this, the closer they are to living a flourishing life because they're asking this fundamental question. What virtues, you know, generosity, wisdom, how do I cultivate wisdom? How do I become a more generous person? Um, These are the kinds of questions that determine what kind of person they'll become. And the more we can encourage those questions, the more we're bringing people who are already followers of Christ and those who aren't together into this journey to try to become the people we should be, we're going to discover a lot more overlap. Hmm. And then I also think that the Christian story is going to be a lot more plausible to someone who's thinking in these ways, hmm. because they'll be able to look into the story of Jesus and say, well, look what he was doing. He hmm. was he was 
holding a view of life that is rich and robust and full. See, most students at Ohio State, I would bet, think the life of a Christian is an impoverished life. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the opposite is true. Jesus mm -hmm. holds forth. He actually said, I, I came that they could have life overflowing or abundant, right? And, and the more we can have a conversation around that, the, the better able people will be to see the Christian story in its reality. Hmm. This is maybe a follow-up, but <clears throat> even in preparing for the event that we have on the topic of freedom, even I've had conversations with Christian students, and I think it's easy even for us as Christians to, um, to say, yes, I know that Jesus wants the best for me, and I, I believe that he has good in store for me, and so I want to pursue that, but still maybe buy into the, the, the secular story, if you will, that like, that in, that's includes, though, uh, restrictions, like that I'm still sort of hemmed in as a person, and I'm not able to fully experience, you know, what maybe... I I would I would if I weren't a Christian. You know what I mean? And so what what might you say even to the yeah. Christian student who who finds themselves even believing I think of like even you know sexuality like the Christian story of uh even something like waiting till marriage to have sex. Mm -hmm. It's like it's easy to still think okay there's restrictions this life is still one that maybe is holding me back to sort of subconsciously believe that. Um well, yeah. I, I think you're right. I think I think this is a struggle for many Christians. We we view the um, virtue structure, so to speak, of the Christian story in purely moralistic terms, sometimes, and and it feels like an impingement, right? And and if we pay attention to the Christian story, we should expect a little bit of that because we rebel against God. Right, we want to do our own thing, and and our striving for independence chafes at um, the authority that God has. Um, I think we we want it, it. It takes a while. I'm not sure how I want to say this, so the editor will have to do some work here. <laughs> um, I think we want to help people see, and we want to see for ourselves, that the virtuous life is the best life, that the morally good life is the humanly good life. And, and that can help us make choices to put down my immediate, present, more selfish inclination in order to choose... Uh, to be faithful in my following Jesus, however that is, whether it's truth-telling, whether it's not allowing someone to be invisible to me mm. on the street, whether it's it's responding differently in a conversation um, or issues of, of sexuality. I think um, the, the virtues to which God calls us are virtues for our own flourishing and for 
are experiencing the fullest life. It might not always seem that because choosing to live accordingly is often choosing against our present, often very strong, somewhat selfish desires. Um, Aristotle says you become a virtuous person by doing virtuous things. And I think he's right. I think I think he tapped into something universal. We see the almost the exact phrases in the New Testament where Paul writes, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. There's a sense that you we act and as we act, our heart uh, forms dispositions to continue to act in a way that, that we ought to. Um, so virtue has to be practiced. Our heart almost has to catch up exactly. to how we're, how we're acting. Exactly. Our heart has to catch up. So, so it's not hypocritical to choose to do something because you think it's right and you don't want to do it. It's only hypocritical if you go around telling people you actually did want to do it. That would be hypocritical. No, we, we do this all the time. We act according to things that we, we have determined we should do. And, and then our heart catches up. That's great. Well, uh, thank you so much for taking the time for this interview. Sure, my pleasure. And for, yeah, thanks for your responses to our questions. It was a great conversation. So. Well, thank you. Yeah. You're doing great work here. Great, thanks. <laughs> In this portion of our interview with uh, Dr. Gansel, I found it really interesting when he was talking about suggesting a different kind of question uh, for those who are struggling to believe in God than the typical question that we think about, which is, uh, is Christianity true? And just sort of evaluating the truthfulness of Christianity on its own merits. And I, th- I think uh, sort of changing the angle of the question is could be helpful for some because he says a better question might be suspending judgment on on whether or not Christianity is true, but thinking more about uh, what if perhaps it was true, what sort of difference would that, that make in my life? And the reason I think that that question could be helpful is that uh, we all have some innate bias. We all uh, tend to believe the things that we want to believe, and uh, if we take a step back and and ask ourselves if this were true, um, what difference would it make in my life? It might help us to evaluate the truthfulness from of, of Christianity from from a different angle, from a different perspective that might contain a little less less bias. Uh, and so I found that that might be a helpful way of thinking about God's existence for those who are are struggling to believe. Thanks so much for listening to The Walk of the Thompson Institute. The personal views presented by the scholars and professors on our podcast do not represent the views of their employer. For upcoming events and for more information, visit thethompsoninstitute.org, a program of CREW at Ohio State.